Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Celtic Downer podcast. I'm your host, John. Your regular host, Jared, is taking a well-deserved break. This week, I'm joined by Sean. How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, good. Uh, now that Jared is not here, we can swear and you know, all <laughs> kinds of crazy things. Should, yeah. should we be racist and all that? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Melbourne and how shit it is. And all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a, a NFL coach resigned today or yesterday, depending on your time zone, because it came out that he was a big racist. And oh, right. There you go. <laughs> he was on a 10-year contract as well. And that's him. Had to oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, good that he got caught and then get booted, I guess. Yep. Exactly. One less. Yeah. Racist around. I mean, he'll probably get a job at Ross County. That's uh, the, Scot- <laughs> the Scottish performance director. That's how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or the other side of Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do all the intro stuff that we normally do. Um, if you would like to subscribe to our podcasts, that would help us out greatly um, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your streaming services. Please leave a review and, uh, of course, five stars, which is obviously the only stars you would give us, right? That's that's the minimum we require. <laughs> um, 
yeah, or any sort of reviews, comments on our Facebook groups, anything like that is greatly appreciated. Um, this week, we're kind of going to be talking about um, some of the Celtic players that have been playing in the internationals. Um, we're, we've kind of split it up into some logical groups. Um, we've got uh, some of the players that didn't actually start. We've got some of the under-21s uh, and then some of our more regulars. So, um, Sean, I'll let you sort of kick off with um, the international discussion stuff. Yep, I had um, Juranovic, Forrest and Taylor omitted due to injury, uh, which is notable because if you had Julian into the mix, they could be coming back after this break. Uh, then we had Carl Starfelt, who was called up for Sweden, didn't make the bench for either game. Albina Yeti, who was an unused sub in both games for Switzerland. And Liam Scales, who was also called up for the first time for the Republic of Ireland, but also didn't make the bench for either game. So I've not written down the mileage for all of them, but Liam Scales certainly went to Azerbaijan. Uh, I'm not, just need to double check where Switzerland and uh, Sweden went to. Uh, Switzerland went to Lithuania, and where did Sweden go? They went to, well, actually, they stayed at home, so that's not too bad, but mm. still flying all these players around in metal tubes with other men uh, to not even give them a game. Sus. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, it is sus. Um, I think Starfelt for me is an obvious one. I think it's, for me personally, I think it's easy to jump on the bandwagon with Starfelt, to be honest. Um, he, he is a bit hot and cold. But I think one of the things that's most interesting for me is when I spoke to the the Swedish guys um, in one of the other episodes, um, Anders and Douglas, um, who are both from the exact same town that Starfelt's from, they had never heard of him, and <laughs> they they didn't understand wh- why Celtic were buying him. He's 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 not got a reputation in Sweden, so they understood that he was in and around the national squad. But Swedish Swedish people don't know who he is; don't haven't seen him really play. So it wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me that he didn't start that game at all. Interesting. I was I was happy that a Yeti got called up though, because that kind of could maybe give us a little bit on his cell, like if we're going to get rid of him. Oh uh, mm. yeah, current Swiss international. Uh, that'll be three and a half million, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe 100%. recoup most of our losses. That'd be nice. Uh, Liam Scales one was a weird one though. I Especially think so. They're playing a friendly at home to Qatar, and he didn't even make the bench. Yeah, odd. I think. Look, I I can't quite remember the source, but I think there is chat around him not being fit yet which I think is, has also got big question marks over over that because he's been playing quite a lot um, for Shamrock and stuff before he actually signed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, maybe he's picked up a an injury or he's just not at the level that we expected him to be yet and that's sort of going over interna- internationals as well. Mm. But yeah, it's a, it's a, bit, a big question marks, question marks for all of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it makes me wonder about this Arsene Wenger plan about, uh, have you heard this, the no. having all the internationals in one month of the year? So, oh. so so rather than having like four international breaks, just have one month and do all your qualifiers in one month. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know, because like, it means if a player gets injured, well, it burdens on the national team as well, right? True, it does, yeah. I mean... Uh, as much as like, like on another level, right? The internationals are kind of a break, <laughs> not really a break for the players, but kind of a break. So that's that's how I think about it anyway. Like a lot of these, a lot of these players aren't expected to do um, much during the internationals. 
I think maybe the Scottish players are a bit different there, but um, yeah. So a lot of them are just trying to play with different players in a, in a different system and stuff. And I think there's a benefit to that, I guess, when it's throughout the year, sort of changing up. But I mean, logistically, surely that'd be a nightmare to do if you did every international during the same sort of month, month and a half. Surely it can't be more of a nightmare than what's currently happening. That's a very good point. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe actually moving forward when we've got stuff like COVID still kicking about. Maybe it would have made more sense to have it all in one big month. Yeah, because you could hub it and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and the one I was, the other thing I was thinking as well is like if you're like maybe playing with an injury and you know that one month breaks coming up, you're like, oh fucking magic, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. Or even like, oh, I've been putting off this operation to that, you know. Now I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well whether I'm, I'm when I'm saying that I'm talking about non-international players, but uh, like also, I guess if you're on the fringes of the international, you might take that opportunity as well or even not because remember it wasn't very long ago when um andy robertson went and got his wisdom teeth removed during internationals hmm. yeah that's what I'm so at the moment they're doing it on a one-weeker whereas so like if tom rogic has got a bad ankle injury we could just be like eh, so yeah. tam yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to go get it fixed yeah do you want to yeah. do this before or after international <laughs> Yeah. I look i uh yeah i i mean i guess there's pros and cons right for this system um and I would leave it up to maybe people like Wenger who understood it a bit better. In terms of watching it, would you... F- so, you know, like, the moment International Week just feels like, oh, my God, they're so long without football. Mm. Um, so, like, would it be a month of getting into international football rather than what we have now? Or would it be a month of, this is the longest thing ever? Oh, that's a good question. Well, do you know what? Maybe with, like, the Nations League stuff yeah, um, and the aim of trying to make international quote-unquote friendlies more entertaining to watch and more competitive maybe there is an argument to say that it would almost be like having the euros and world cups and and the likes more often because you would just have this yearly right it's the international month now everybody's going at it and just everybody focuses on that for a month because look i'm not being funny if if it's a month long everybody's going to watch it nobody's going to give up watching football for a month are they no you wouldn't have thought so yeah yeah. that's what I think, and it, yeah, I'm in favour of it for a few reasons, but there's obviously the drawbacks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Momentum's a big one as well. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd lose a lot of momentum in the leagues by breaking up for a month. True story. But yes, all right. Well, um, we'll we'll move on to um, some of the players that actually played. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so now we have um, some of our boys, I guess, quote unquote boys. I'll leave yep. you to it, Sean. Some of the younger ones. Uh, Connor Hazard, uh, I guess. Oh, he was in the full Northern Ireland team and an, also an unused sub. He technically should have been in with the previous bunch, but that's fine. Uh, under 21s, we had Stephen Welsh, played 90 minutes. Uh, Adam Montgomery played 56 minutes on the wing. And Dane Murray was called up, but didn't make the bench. Uh, Scotland lost 1-0 at home to Denmark for the under 21s. They only had one game and it was at home. So not much travel there. Not much to worry about. Probably just good minutes in the legs for the boys. And Rocco Vata made some headlines. He scored an absolute screamer in one of his two games for Republic of Ireland under 17s. So he's making some headlines at the moment as a one for the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, I keep every time I hear his name, it's normally comes with um, a lot of praise and positives. Definitely yeah. one for the future. I think. I think maybe he's even. Oh God, I don't want to jinx his touch words, right? Um, he might even be like the next Dembele, you know, Ooh. yeah, who knows, you know, there was a lot of, um, 
hype and momentum for Dembele, wasn't it, when he was about that age? We're actually getting one in at last in the father-son rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We missed um, out on the Larson and the Van Hooydonk, but we'll get Rocco yeah, back. We'll get, we'll get factor in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's still time, I guess, for Jordan Larson. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's good to see. I, I'm I'm generally really pleased to see. Um, I mean, like Welsh Montgomery and even Murray are sort of just just in and around Welsh more than anybody in and around um, being regular first team players. So it's good that they consistently get games at, na- at the um, national level and stuff. Yeah, it's minutes in the leg. And under twenty one is a fair shake. You know, it's a good level. It's a very good level. Yeah. And you know, we all know what Hazard's like. I actually quite like Connor Hazard. I don't think he's a good keeper, so yeah, he'll, I, he'll come good. He's not as good as Joe Hart put it that way, but yeah, I prefer him over uh, Cabbage Hands. Cabbage, or even Scott Bain, to be honest. In my yeah, opinion. that's probably yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair I'd point. be having him as number two, but yeah, it's good to see the young ones um, getting a run out. Yeah. So now we'll move on to um, the first team players. So I'll leave you to it. Yeah, the first team ones who played, yes. Uh, yes. Callum McGregor played 90 minutes versus Israel. And then the final 22 minutes uh, away in the Faroes. David Turnbull was on the bench twice and played zero minutes for Scotland. And in one of those games, they were playing Israel, who near Bitton played 90 minutes for against Scotland and Moldova. They, they did beat Moldova, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. And Leo Labada was on the bench twice for Israel, didn't come on against Scotland, uh, but played 16 minutes uh, versus Moldova. So, uh, did you watch the games? Both of them? One of them? I watched neither because neither. I was really not um, hopeful, to be honest. And it was also stupid o'clock in the morning here in Sydney. So, yeah, I had a five. <laughs> we've, um, we've just come into quote unquote Freedom Day in New South Wales. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> So everything, all constructions immediately moved and uh, opened up again. So I had my nice 5 a.m. starts again. So I missed them all, but I watched all the highlights and stuff. And Yeah. yeah. No, I actually, for the Israel one, that was midnight kickoff for me. So I was in this kind of no man's land of... Do I know, go to bed? Yeah. Like, and in the end, I was like, when it got to like 10 o'clock, I was like, I don't know, when it got to 9 o'clock, I was like, I'm not sleepy. I'm not sleepy. What am I going to do? <laughs> and, then, and then when it got to half 10, I was like, ah, fuck. And then it got to 11 and I was tired. I was like, you know, it's not happening. So I just yeah. texted my dad and my brother and said, don't text me. I'll watch the game in the morning. So I watched the full thing, the whole game uh, without knowing the score. So it was pretty exciting. Pretty, really exciting game, you know, missed penalties, VAR decisions, yeah. five goals, end to end stuff. That Solomon for Israel looks shit hot, man. He was really good, uh, the left winger. Uh, I checked right. up and he plays for Shakhtar. If Celtic could get him for less than ten million, I would look at it. He is looks like he could be a big thing. I can't remember who it was after the game said it, but they were saying he's the best player they've ever played against. Um, yeah, wow, absolutely, maybe? something like that. And that's Zahavi, who's at PSV. Uh, he's probably a twenty million pound player now, so he's way past yeah, our range. Yeah. But he's shit hot too. And we were and, supposed to have been going in for him at one point, and we just missed out. I think. Yeah, yeah, probably because his uh, agent is Neil Lennon's mate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dudu Dan. That's the one, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and they had a few other decent players, but like as somebody pointed out, their defence is not great. They've got near Baton in there and whoever else. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I... So I watched the highlights, like I said, um, and it it, it was a, it seemed like an absolute cracking game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and you're absolutely right. Back and forth. Good. Um, and it's a good win, obviously. I'm glad for Scotland. Yeah. Um, but I mean, um, Bitton got a lot of really positive reviews, actually. He, he seemed to have played really well during the Scotland game and apparently in the Moldova game as well. So, I mean, it, I wasn't focused on him too much in the Scotland game. I remember one good tackle he put in. I don't remember much else, but... Well, I mean, it just it raises a question mark whether we should be using him more often, I think. If he's, if he's you know, still got it to an extent, can we be playing him in games which um, might see the game out or if we were to bring... I mean, look, I don't want to... Ju- um, I know he's been not been playing very well, but, you know, I don't want to pile it on or anything with Sorrow, but do we see Bitton in front of Sorrow in, in that sort of holding midfielder role or that, you know, well, defensive thought- midfielder role? I thought he did well enough against Aberdeen in the last game, so yeah. I'm not. I'm certainly not discounting that, and it's good to have a bit of height in there. Uh, even though he was beaten for the set piece, at least he was challenging for it. Uh, yeah, in that Aberdeen game. But another thing to think about is if you're talking about him as a defender, is he it for Israel? He plays in a back three, uh, so it's it's different from the four four two. From what uh, we yeah, from what yeah, we the four three three that we play. Um, so, so yeah, I, I still don't fancy him as a defender, but look, he's testimonial next year, so we need to find a spot for him, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And he's he's been a great servant and stuff. I mean, look, maybe maybe two seasons ago, we would have all been uh, content if he had moved on and stuff, and now was, we're in the position we haven't really got much of an option. But Was that just after he tweeted out his support for the Israeli army in Palestine? or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. And then his yeah. agent quickly on the phone, delete that, delete that, delete that. <laughs> do you not know who you're playing for? <laughs> do, you, do you understand who you're playing for? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it could also have been that he was just maybe not at, you know, not where we were at at that point um, two, three years ago. But yeah, I, look, I, I, I always thought Bitton was a good player. Um, I think he's he is definitely hot and cold, but I mean, that's kind of, what else do we have at this point? I'll be playing him more often, I think. Yeah, that, that is exactly what you're saying. He's hot and cold. Like we've had him for ten years, and he's the sort of player when you see his name in the team sheet, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, even though we've had him for ten years, it's like, what is going on here? Like that is the most bizarre thing ever. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like we just pay him for fifty-two weeks of the year so that we can have him for those six weeks between yeah. the start of the season and the transfer window closing. Yep, when we have the Champions League qualifiers. So he's like a running joke. Oh, Champions League qualifiers. Champions League <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, God, has he done a, I mean, last four years we've not got into the Champions League. So he's not even doing that job really at this point. You, you know, if you're paying him and it was a guaranteed Champions League qualifiers, then is it four years? Have I made that up? Well, look, who was the next in line this year? It was Dane Murray. Ah, uh, so, yeah, well, no, you... exactly. Yeah, you would be playing better on, of course. Yeah, and Dave Murray literally came in. So like, we're not. Uh, was it Bitton got sent off or something? I can't remember. Yes, but it was a game Dave Murray and Welsh had to play together. So it's not like we're not choosing him because he's the best man. It's just last man standing. Yeah, it's like, it's a hundred percent last man standing. Yeah, but there you go. So maybe maybe we'll do some sort of. Um, I don't know if people know <laughs> the the TV show Last Man Standing, but with all the tribes people. But maybe we'll do that for his testimonial. <laughs> get him to do some mad obstacle courses and stuff we'll, we'll get bring back the 120 players that he's played with itself yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is but you know scotland are looking good shape uh for a playoff now um denmark have qualified so that's done yep uh but the way the playoff works is the 10 runners up 
which if we beat Moldova, we'll be one of them. Mm -hmm. so it's the 10 runners-up and the two highest group winners from the Nations League. Uh, one of them is Austria, and I can't remember who the other one is. So Austria, even though they're sitting in fourth, are going to be in the playoffs. Right. And I, I really can't remember who the other one is. I, I'm not even sure if it, it might actually still be up for grabs, but uh, Austria are sitting in there. So what happens is you get 12 teams and it becomes three groups of four, straight knockout. Uh, BBC were saying it's seeded in the sense that we would get a home game. Okay. Against an unseeded team. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I couldn't actually find any evidence to back that up, but that's what they're saying. So it's a straight knockout, four teams uh, in each group and three go through. And three go through from each group. No, no, uh, one from each. So as in, one from each, yeah. So there's twelve teams in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So you have three pots of four, mm -hmm. three groups of four, whatever you want to call it. Three, three knockouts of four. So it's like three four-team tournaments. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like, uh, say we draw whoever, like Sweden, and if we beat Sweden, then and we go into play Russia in the final, and whoever yep. wins that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I read something similar like that. Um, including the Faroe Islands game, we had five games left. So that makes sense. That that's how they did it. So obviously the Faroe Islands, Moldova, oh, Denmark. To qualify, and, yeah. Yeah, to qualify, yeah. So it's still a long road ahead, but I mean, we're getting there. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't expect Scotland to do it easy either. It'll be a lot more um, 86th minute goals, I think, or I hope. Penalty shootouts. Penalty shootouts, yeah, all of that stuff. Um. What did you what did you think of Turnbull not getting a game? Do you think that's fair with what Scotland has in the midfield and where Turnbull is at in his career? That is exactly yeah. I, that 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 what you're saying is exactly what I thought. Yes. Um, yeah, I think what he got was exactly where he is right now in his career and where Scotland does with their centre mids. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, is David David Turnbull better than Kenny McLean? Probably about equal, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, but David Turnbull is more of a prospect, so he's probably going to get a nod in that sense. But is he any better than McGregor, McTominay, Gilmore, and John McGinn? Nah, yeah. not, not at all. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, uh, and like if you're trying to hold on to a game, you're not going to bring him on. You might might have brought him on late in the Pharaohs because he can crack one in. But yeah, that's I wouldn't have been bringing him on in that Israel game. Put it that way. No, no, me neither. Um, I, I. I I rate Turnbull. I like him, um, but he's still got a lot of growing to do. I think he got quite a bit of praise from Postecoglou recently. Uh, what was it he said? Um, he said he basically said Turnbull has everything. Um, Try to remember. He he did it in this weird way that he said the only negative about Turnbull is that he needs to realize he has limit he doesn't realize he has unlimited potential it was something like that like he was saying that hmm. he has his turnbo the one thing that turnbo has to work on is realizing that he can do anything or something like that i can't it's some wishy-washy thing he's like that um oh jesus i don't know if people are into the boxing but the wilder fury interviews before the game wilder was always saying you have to think like a champion before you're a champion and all that stuff and yeah. that's what he's not doing yet he's not he hasn't realized he hasn't he's not acting like he's the type of midfielder he might become one day. Yeah. His attitude, yeah. But Postecoglou was implying he can be the best in the world. I'm like, oh, come on, rain in, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, who knows these things? <laughs> Maybe yeah. He could. I've, I've not, I've not seen uh, the raw, the rawness, but um, who knows? 
Yeah, I mean, how was he on Twitter? Twitter, something like that? I think so. Yeah, mate, mate. Yeah, actually, let's have a quick Google. Because um, he was young player of the year last year and uh, two years ago. So he's, he's just one of those ones he's been around for a while. So it's funny because, like, if a player comes on the scene like um, Stephen Welsh, who's 22 and it's their debut, you're like kind of a uh, young player just getting you start. And then if somebody's played 200 games, or 100, I know he's not played 200 games, but if somebody's played like close to 100 games and they're 22, then that's, do you mean you viewed him differently even though they're the same age? Yeah, yeah. So he, he is 22. Um, yeah. But I, look, if he's going to be the sort of midfielder that maybe Postacoglu's talking about, he has to get very good in the next 18 months, to be honest. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of range you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Before he's because you want you know centre mid maybe he's peaking I don't know around about twenty six twenty seven yeah and I think he has played close to a hundred games something like that already yeah well um, fingers crossed he gets there um, and I think as well um, Abada another one who's also got probably the minutes where he is at in his career um, I actually don't know the Israeli team well to be honest I know some of the big names but um, yeah. Didn't start for Scotland in 16 minutes for Moldova. It's probably about right. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. I mean, I felt they could maybe give them more against Moldova, but their front three are really settled. Um, really strong front three. The De Boer, Solomon and Zahavi. If they're all fit, you're, you're struggling again. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a few other guys that I, I couldn't really go into details about the players that would come in next, but um, certainly... Against Moldova, he was the next man up, uh, not against Scotland, though. But I yeah. guess they were holding on to it against Scotland rather than chasing it. Well, yeah, Israel wanted to... They, Israel needed to win against Scotland, didn't they? So. Yeah. So for against Scotland, they brought on Glazer instead. I think he's a defender. So, yeah, so I guess he is technically the fourth in line if you're looking at the last two games. Mm. And for that front three, which is interesting. Yeah, good for us. Um, yeah. And... Um, Obviously, for me, McGregor's in the Scotland midfield every single game, but I am generally glad that he got a rest against the Faroe Islands, to be honest. Yeah, good for Celtic, but from uh, what yes. I heard, Scotland were shit. So I've not watched well, it yet, but. Yeah, they kind of were. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, do you know what? Actually, if you watch the highlights against the Faroe Islands, I could have, we could have easily drawn or lost that game. There was a couple ones where we were really, you know, off the line scraping it sort of stuff. Um, and we did we did lose it a bit in the midfield, but look, we got we got through it. And and to be honest, that's what I really care about. To be honest, got got the win, got the three points, and McGregor McGregor got a rest. So, yep, and Turnbull, for <laughs> yeah, and Turnbull, yeah. Um, so hopefully they they come back refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. Um, so that really brings us on to the other part of the world, our part of the world, um, yep. the other game that was on. Kyogo versus Rogic. Yes. Yeah, so shame Liam's not here to talk about this because he would definitely have watched I it. I was thinking the exact same yeah. thing, yeah. But uh, they, there was uh, the Japan man- manager was under pretty severe pressure uh, after they lost 1-0 to Saudi Arabia. Uh, Kyogo only played 31 minutes and he played it on the left wing and he was under severe uh, criticism for that decision, uh, amongst apart from the fact that they lost to Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, he was getting both barrels for playing Kyogo uh, or benching Kyogo and then putting him on the left wing when he came on. So then uh, a few days later, 
chucks him on again for the last half hour against Australia, but this time he puts him up front and Kyogo forces a last-minute winner against Australia. Yes. So it appears to have... If he hadn't scored that, the guy's probably at a job because even with that win against Australia, uh, Japan are still sitting in fourth place in their group uh, behind Saudi Arabia, Australia and Oman. Uh, the only people they're ahead of are China and Vietnam. So they're sitting level on points with Oman, basically. So they really... I think you need to finish top two in that group. I'm not 100% on that one. So they need to make some ground. They're six points behind Saudi three behind Australia, but it has just started, so there's plenty of games to play. Yeah. Uh, Tam Rogic played 63 minutes in a 3-1 win against Oman, and then he played 82 minutes in the, the loss to Japan. But still, it's a weird one to have Kyogo just playing those two 30 minutes. Happy that he didn't get injured, put it that way. Yes, yeah, and well, I'm happy Rogic didn't get injured as well, to be honest, because it was one of those... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's always one of those ones, isn't it, where he gets injured, but I... I um, for those that didn't watch the highlights or even the game of the Japan Australia game, um, if that I think the I think the Japan second goal went down as an own goal against one of the Aussie defenders. But if it if it didn't come off the Australian, it, Kyogo was was there. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those where it was it was yeah. either an own goal or Kyogo scored it. Yeah. Which is you know again good for international clout, I guess. I mean, obviously the Japanese know and love Kyogo, but. It just means more and more attention to him from this side of the world. Well, there's already these shitty rumours of him going to England, which are absolutely... like They don't come from anywhere other than just internet rumours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no... That's not coming out of any football team or agent. That's just somewhat... Do you know where it started? First place I seen it anyway was just in some Southampton fan site. And I was like, oh my God. They just, they're just doing this thing like, oh, where do we normally get players from? Here's the best player there. That's ah, just yeah. clickbait shite. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the most unimaginative thing you can do is just go to one of these teams that's one of your perceived feeder clubs and say who's the best player. Uh, don't give a shit that he's only been there five minutes, you know. No. Uh, look, and and I know um, Abada has got a lot of uh, <laughs> drama recently for saying that he would quite fancy playing in England. And I think that's, I think that's perfectly fair for those didn't, aspirations. Didn't he specifically say Liverpool or did I? Oh, I, I didn't read Liverpool. I mean, he's aiming high if that's where he wants to go, but. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think I, I didn't read, I didn't actually read that. I just skimmed it. And I, what I took from it was that the headline was being misleading and that mm. he was kind of saying that he'd, he'd love to play for Liverpool rather than wants to go play to in England. England. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably was something like that. But I don't think there's any... any. Let's just um, give... I don't know. Devil's advocate here. Let's just say that the rumours are true and Kyogo has said somebody quite fancies playing in England once in his career. I don't think there's anything wrong with that for every player in the world to want to play in arguably one of the best leagues in Europe. Yeah. yeah there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. How is it news? Do you know what I mean? How yeah, is that exactly. news? How is that news? Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, you could ask... 98% of players in the world, what league would you fancy playing in if, you know, nothing was an obstacle? And they'd all probably say Premier League or La Liga. Do you know what I mean? That's it's just that's just the matter of the fact that it is. Very, very rarely do you find a player who just wants to settle in Scotland and play nowhere else. Scott yeah. Browns don't exist often much. You know what I mean? It's There's, there's not that sort of... Um, well, there's also the fact if Scott Brown hadn't had his injuries at crucial times, he might have been gone as well. And exactly, I think 
we're just in a different age now. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. people like Kieran Tierney are going, then, you know, there's nobody more Celtic than Kieran Tierney. And if, yeah. if they need to go down to realise their ambitions, then that's just the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, yes, I think I, I, I agree. I think it's completely not a clickbait nonsense because he's been here for five minutes. But let's just say if it was true, I have no hard feelings for Kyogo if he has aspirations higher than playing in the Scottish League. That's it. Yeah. The only players that stay this long are players that have setbacks like Rogic, Brown, or players that are just bang average like near Bitton. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and rarely do you get um, a player who, like Larson, that just wants to stick around. And it was a different era then as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, you know, Celtic were up with those, um, you know, playing for Celtic was probably comparable to playing with uh, just now, maybe a Leicester or somebody or an Everton. I'd, I'd put it even higher. The, probably, yeah. It would been like a fourth place in England at that time. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. So, you know, um, we're not in those times anymore. So Certainly not. But yes, um, and I thought Rogic played well in both games from the highlights that I saw. I think he's, um, I mean, he, he, he again, he, he in good positions, he missed some probably good sitters. Um, but he, I, I thought overall he played well for, for Australia. Yeah, look, when he's fit, he's a key man. It's him and Adam Moy, who's currently in semi-retirement in China. Uh, yeah. You know, who else is there, really? It's people like Martin Boyle are getting a game uh, for Australia and uh, Suter, uh, which I forget which Suter. Uh, yeah, one of them. The one, one of the Suters is, you know... Um, so it's certainly not the golden generation anymore. People at Tom Rogic are your your big names, you know? Yeah. Now, this is a slight tangent, but whatever happened to Daniel Arzani? Is he in around the Australian team or is he just... I uh, don't believe so. The last I heard, he was probably on loan from some Man City group. Um, didn't he get bombed out of a loan last year? Let me check. Uh, he is... But he's he was got... definitely, like, I don't even play for us. He played for all of what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes for us, to be honest. But Yeah, he's currently I mean, he can... at Lomel. Uh, I don't even know what country Lomel are from. Yeah, what the hell is that? That's... Belgium, but it looks like. Belgium B. Yeah, right. Well, wow. okay. Yeah, so. Not, not quite the heights we thought he was going to be. Yeah, certainly not yet, anyway. Because um, how old is he now? He would be. Well, he came to us as a teenager, so he was, must be getting on now. 22 now. Yeah. So he played four games last year for our house, and I think they're in is that Sweden, AGF uh, house. Yeah, no sure. Denmark. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, four games a year before for Utrecht. Six games a year before for Utrecht B team. He's played like twenty games since he left us, and that was in twenty twenty. Uh, well, on the plus side, Gary Caldwell is his manager now. Oh yeah, right. There you go. Because you get it's a, not at Lamel, but Gary Caldwell's the loan player manager at Man City. At Man City, yeah. Okay, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, look, maybe he's. Oh, I don't know if he's one for the future, but um, for the Australian national team. But uh, yeah, he had came with a lot of promise and didn't really do much, to be honest. Hmm. There was one. Uh, there's a Perth Glory player who was just named in the. You know, they have that Guardian top. 50 youngsters thing yeah 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 I've, I've, i didn't write down the name unfortunately or committed to memory but that was uh that's might be one as well that'll be one that jared would know probably by heart well it's one that's not even in 
so usually the it's like players that are 15, 16. So it's not really, do you know what I mean? Mm. So the, it's like they take a proper flyer at it. Like it's players, they're aiming for 16 year olds uh, when they do the Guardian list. So it's really, I mean, we just signed Daniel Sturridge actually. I don't know if you caught that. Who did? Dead Path Glory? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. So I don't know when the season starts, but he's just signed. Sturridge went to Perth Glory. Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing before, but that's what he's doing now. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if Perth Glory doesn't win the league, then what the hell are they doing, to be honest? Oh, we didn't do so well last year, mate. We didn't even, <laughs> make, didn't even make the finals last year. Bloody hell. Well, whoever put through that deal deserves some sort of medal or bonus or something. Yeah. That's um, that's good for Aussie football, to be honest. It's a big name. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm not even sure who's left and... You know, I'm not sure what the squad's like. I just know that Daniel Sturridge is in. Bloody hell. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. So somebody to look out for in Aussie football. If yeah. anybody wants to watch it. Or soccer, I should say. All right. Well, um, that kind of wraps up um, the Celtic players um, in the internationals that play for the first team men's or didn't play for the first team for some of them. Um, so now we'll, I'll let you, um, Sean, sort of hi- um, give us the highlights for the B teams and the women's um Results yep. And stuff. Yep. 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 Uh, okay. So yeah, I just did a bit of a longer write up because there's no first team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the B team in the last I've had a few games in a row, and the teams had a different makeup in recent weeks, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, players like Shaw, Urugidi, Lawal, uh, Oluwayemi, the goalkeeper Brooks, Vata have all not played in the last three games. Not clear why. Uh, Moffat has still been playing. So I don't know if it's a combination of international call-ups and injuries, because obviously Vata was called up, but people like Liam Shaw wouldn't have been, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, they lost one now to both East Sterling and to Spartans. Uh, Spartans was a last-minute winner. But again, it was it was looking like a more inexperienced and younger B team, So, and they are both above us in the table. And then we more recently beat Gretna 1-0 uh, with a goal from Ben Wiley. And again, Gretna are kind of struggling, so not sure that's too much to celebrate. We're currently bang on mid-table, sitting ninth, uh, 17 points off the top with four games in hand, but obviously comfortably clear of the bottom team on zero. And no game this week, but uh, on the 25th on 30th of October, there's a doubleheader uh, against the Cumbernauld Colts home and away. I don't know how that's worked out. It must be the midpoint or something. We're doing a flip over. Mm. But yeah, I'm really not sure why the, the, the first 11 has really changed so much. It's weird. I, I honestly don't get it. I mean, maybe somebody who's listening could explain it and spell it out, but I, I was under the impression that the B team lineup that you submitted couldn't change. So that was it. So you couldn't have uh, players from the B team coming up and playing for the first team. Um, you couldn't swap around, uh, you know, from the reserves or whatever it was and get them to stick around. I was under the impression it was just fixed, but yeah, maybe there are some laws in there or bylaws that allow for injuries and call-ups and stuff just to fill the numbers out. But yeah, I mean, um, look, maybe they, they were called up to train with the leftovers from the internationals. Yeah, well, quite maybe possibly. If, maybe yeah. if they're training with the first team, then they can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a weird one, and it seems like Urugidi's um, slipped down into the B team. And well, yeah. if you've seen him play for the B team, he 
he's, he's not even there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why here. I, I think he's going to be. Who is that lad that we signed? Um, I think it was from City. Ken Benyu. Kendai Benyu from. Uh, Benyu. He wasn't from City though. It was from Ipswich. Ipswich was it, right? There yeah. you go. I think he's going to be another Benyu. To be honest, I think so. Yeah, he doesn't. It, it, yeah, he looks like one of the ones that if he raises his game, he might make a career out of bouncing around some lower division, uh, some lower table Scottish teams. You know, make a career at Partick Thistle type of thing. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Uh, you know, but, and that's okay. You know, we, we we didn't risk or gamble much on him, so um, I think it was only I think it was less than a million or something, a couple hundred thousand. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, these things happen, I guess, and I guess that's a, a measurable risk. Um, do we? This is something I was thinking about recently. Do we think Moffat's really coming on to a good game? Do we see him in around the first team, maybe next season, even maybe the second half of this season? I'd like to see him. Uh, we've not really had the chance to see him up against men yet. Uh, and, well, against top flight men, I should say, because uh, mm-hmm. obviously they're playing against adults and the bees. And he's and doing there's a couple well. of those pre's as well, pre-season games where he played. Yeah, and not even that. I'd also like to see him on grass. It's pretty sure. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? You don't really get to judge them right on the, the AstroTurf. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see more of him. But, yeah, and I'd also like to see him develop a bit more physically. He's still looking a bit kind of light. bit young. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, face doesn't look young, but he just looks light. Mm-hmm. He looks like he would like get bounced or break easily. Needs um, a bit of the Ryan Christie treatment. Go up and beef up in Aberdeen or something and then come down again. Yeah, because look, look what happened to uh, Karamoko and Mikey Johnson in pre-season when they were playing against men. Yeah. Out for, out for three months, four months, you know. And that's, that's the problem, isn't it? They they just need to... And, I mean, really, the again, this is a wider issue, but, I mean, we, we need better sports scientists in and and better physios or, or just a, better, a wider physio team to make sure that those things... Don't happen as often, I guess. Yep. Just put them on a, a training plan saying you need to put on 10 kilos of muscle by the next season or something. I think they don't, I think they discourage that before players have finished growing. I think. Ah, you probably would. Yeah. Because I think that's why Nadal fucked up his knees, you know, the tennis player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if they, yeah, I, th- I think that's the way. I think that's what happened with Karamoko as well. They're like, oh, his brother shot up at this age, so we don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how old is Dembele now? He must be getting past. He must have finished yeah. growing by now, surely. Oh, I think he's only eighteen. Um, is that wrong? Do you not do you not stop growing? <laughs> I don't know. No, but no, I mean, some people t- grow spurts at that part of their life. Is what I mean. Bloody hell! There yeah. you go. Yeah, it's, it's genetic, you know. Like, yeah, well, so that's, why so that... they, that's why they were saying they looked at his brother and said, you know, let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's um let's obviously yeah, we want to protect the players, even if it's not to benefit Celtic, but you know, these are the their careers we're talking about. So I, I would eighteen and a half. Yeah, right, cool. Um I'd like to see him it maybe maybe if um some of the games at the end of the season or I don't know, maybe some of the other games that aren't as crucial, I don't know. Some of the early cup games, I'd like to see him see what he's like a bit more. Fifteen, twenty minutes or something. I think he'd be one for the future. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, the women had uh, back-to-back 6-0 wins. Uh, there was no real 
players to focus on when it was six goal scorers, six different goal scorers. Uh, currently third in the league, uh, tied with Glasgow City and two points behind Sevco, who have won six from six. And one thing to note was uh, one of the games was the 200th appearance for Kelly Clark, who did Celtic TV for the last couple of years. And uh, this weekend, they've got Spartans at home and then Sevco at the end of the month. So it's very tight at the top. They're only had that one draw against Glasgow City. So apart from that, Celtic, Sevco and Glasgow City have won every game. So it's going to be a close one there, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, drawing at the moment with Glasgow City is a fantastic. I mean, they built, they beat them recently, didn't they? So, uh, well, two, two, two this season. I don't know about last year. Uh, maybe, maybe that was the result I was thinking of. But I mean, I, I, that's good. I mean, obviously, it's it, season still got to go on and stuff. But um, yeah, fingers crossed the women win the league. That'd be a brilliant result for them, to be honest. Yeah, we'll celebrate that. One hundred percent. So yes, um, and good to see. Um, Kelly Clark getting her 200th appearance. Yeah, she's not the best at the TV, but you know, <laughs> no, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that do Celtic TV that aren't necessarily the best as well. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, good, good for her. Uh, yeah. Good for more. Yes. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously keep everybody updated with the the B team and the women's results as they develop. Um, so on to the next sort of discussion point, which seemed to be right around rattling around um, social media the last week, which was some of um, Roger Mitchell's, who, for those that don't know, is one of the ex-SBL um, ch- um, executive chiefs, I don't know, board member, um, who is a mad Celtic fan, um, who currently lives in Italy, I believe. Might be wrong there. Uh, uh, I think it is, yeah. I think it's Italy. Yeah, Italy. Um, who has uh, come out saying that he would be very interested in buying Celtic, becoming the majority shareholder, not the ma- not the um, the largest share. Oh, my mic gone there? No, not um, not the largest shareholder, but um, the, the majority one. So basically, what Desmond is, um, but he is not going to do that in any um. He's not going to do that anytime soon because uh, Desmond is not somebody he wants to work with. Apparently, he's a, a really difficult person to be around um, and he's not going to do it. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, this is this is sort of coming along some of the lines of what Conor McGregor, the, the UFC fighter, said recently as well, which he was interested in buying Celtic recently. But um, I think, quote unquote, people in and around Celtic wouldn't have made it easy for him. Um, so what? Yeah, what do we think? Do we do we think that this is sort of? Are we seeing a time that you may maybe Desmond is his era is finishing, um, especially with Lawwell moving on and some of the old, you know, apparently Bankiers moving on and stuff. Are we seeing a bit of a regime change overall, or do we want somebody like Roger Mitchell? Some of his comments have been quite interesting. Um, it's a weird one because you know we're being financially secure for so long now even though Dermot Desmond doesn't really put any money into the, I think, apart from like maybe the odd Roy Keane, Robbie Keane, James McCarthy signings, he doesn't really chuck any extra money our way. Um, what he does do, though, is get the jobs for the boys uh, with mm. all the Irish lads, you know, like your Damien Duffs and people and the boy from Man City that was linked and all that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah, the Conor McGregor one as well. Oh, yeah, oh. oh, it was a nonsense, but it was just um, one of those things which was, you know, there's there's people around who are ready to buy somebody a team like Celtic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't see Desmond selling anytime soon, and you know, unless he's actually going to. Once he steps away from his business empire, maybe. Like, I think he just sees it as part of his business empire. So unless yeah. he's planning to retire uh, or die, then I don't, I don't think he's going to sell up. Yeah. And even then, his son might pick up at that point because his son's quite inv- relatively involved as well. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I think that's the thing about it, isn't it? It, it could is. stay in the family. It could become like the Kellys. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be horrendous if that happened. I think one of the interesting things that uh, Mitchell said was, that it wouldn't be impossible for Desmond to to stick around. This is what he was saying, which is which was why he was like, "This is how somebody would do it." Right now, Desmond owns the largest um, slice of the pie. Right, I think it's like thirty percent or something that he owns. Mm-hmm. But the, there's some big investment firms that own the other large slices. The you know the twelve, fifteen, eighteen percent um, yeah. are kicking about. Now, what Roger Mitchell basically said was, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility where somebody could come along and buy out those investment firms, um, then they they would own 35% out mm-hmm. doing Desmond. Um, and that's how you'd get into becoming the owner of the largest majority shareholder of Celtic. Now, that's interesting. He basically said he'd never do that because he thinks Desmond's a prick. But So he's, he's never going to do it. And he'd also he also came out and said um, that maybe... Uh, the majority of Celtic fans wouldn't want him in and around as well because he would happily, quote unquote, trade all the trophies um, for the last 16 of the Champions League every year. Which is an interesting comment to make. Well, look, if you're making it to the last 16 of the Champions League, the trophies follow. And that's my opinion. I I, I think the, the measuring stick is um, European football, Champions League football. I think if you if you're if you're consistently in the Champions League that often with all of that money, I think the I think all the trophies immediately come. But would you would you trade? Well, I mean, not first of all, would you trade uh, short term success for long term success? Maybe not winning the league for or winning any trophies for a wee while and just. I, I think anyone would if there was a guarantee, but there's no guarantees is the problem. Yeah, and I I, I think maybe yourself and myself would probably do that, but I don't know if the majority of Celtic fans would have that. Well, for guaranteed long term, but there's no guarantees. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, maybe uh, the development recently with, you know, it's the top two teams that can get through into the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, top two teams get a shot at qualifying. Get a shot, yeah. Yeah, although the one goes in, but yeah, the second one gets a kind of, ha-ha, thanks for showing up. Try. Uh, yeah. You know I mean, I do not even consider that second place as, as Champions League qualification. It's more of a two chances at, or three chances at qualifying for Europe kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. That's the way I, that's the way I have you. Like, there was no, I had no concept that we were going to qualify this year when we went into those qualifiers. I don't know, maybe it's different next year, settled team, whatever, I don't know. But like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed and that's exactly what I hope. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I, it it's just, an, it's an interesting time. I think some, I think uh, there was a, another fan media outlet that questioned him on, on it on Twitter and this is what's basically been floating around and I think it's interesting and I think it uh, I think what's really interesting is there are people that have a different vision or at least a vision uh, a sort of communicated vision of what they want 
out if they were to be the owners of Celtic or the CEO um, mm-hmm. and moving forward. Now, and maybe this is coming out with the uh, Mackay resignation and all that stuff. And and it, what concerns me is basically there's people that are happy and have a vision and, and would easily slot in, but they're not going to do it anytime soon if, and they've, you know, basically communicated if somebody like Desmond is still around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like, Roger Mitchell thinks outside the box. He's, uh, I like his, the way, he, I mean, I don't agree with everything he says and does, but I, I, I like that he just thinks differently. And it's almost like he's putting effort sometimes into being contrary, but that's that's okay as long yeah. as you're not the only man in charge. You know what I mean, if you're, if you're a one-man show and you're wanting to be contrary, then that's going to be counterproductive. But if you're part of a board and offering different perspectives and that's a very positive thing i think uh i'd love to see him on the board would i want him all over in charge not sure to be honest but i think he'd be a good addition to the background running of the club i agree and he's he's (laughs) he's completely rolled it out anytime soon unfortunately but Mm. there we go that's uh, it's tough times ahead i think as far as the the top heavy stuff goes at Celtic. that's like that's like those ones like david moyes who uh, yeah, I'd like to be Scott Madden in the future, but not anytime soon. And then just it never, do you know what I mean? It never happens. Basically, he's just deflecting the question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever expects David Moyes to be Scott Madden now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I wouldn't want that anyway. Um, all right. Well, we'll, um, we'll move on. Um, just thought it was interesting to talk about that. So we'll move on to the, some of the previews for the games coming up. Um, the two crucial ones. I'm going to butcher this bloody name. I remember. <laughs> so we got obviously got Celtic Motherwell coming up in the league, um, and then we got Celtic, and I'm just going to say Ferran Varos. Is that the best way of saying that? <laughs> in the US league, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a sh in the a shush. Yeah, it's the shush bit there. Ferran Ferran Varos. Yeah. Ferran Varos. Yeah. Um, we got them in the Europa League. Um, so what what do we think? How how are we going to fare in these two next games? Is it, sorry, is it the home game? I think it is. Finish Varos as, I think so. Yes, I'm yeah, it's so, ho- yeah. home then away. That's right. Isn't yeah. It? Uh, so yeah, Motherwell. Uh, fuck, I, you know I didn't even check if if it's Saturday or Sunday. Please be Saturday. I don't remember the last time we had a Saturday game. It's yeah. driving me mental. Because even when we had like that League Cup game against Wraith Rovers, uh, they still papped us on to just. The, do you know what I mean? Oh god, it's, it's Saturday. Whew, Saturday three o'clock. So I can actually <laughs> enjoy that one this weekend. Uh yeah, Motherwell are doing well. They lost lost to Hearts uh in their last game, but apart from that, they've been you know they're top six, so they're not tanking it and not doing poorly by any means. They're ahead of us in the table. Uh, they drew Ibrooks, and they're coming to Celtic Park now, so yeah. we can't take it for granted. We need to be playing our best, really, even at, even though it's a home game. Um, and they're above us in the league. Remember? Yeah, one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It depends on other results, but we can if we beat them, we can jump to third. If everyone above, if the Hibs, Motherwell, and Dundee United drop points, um, but yeah, that's we're out of touch with Rangers and Hearts at the moment. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. Yeah, I mean we can't drop to seventh. We can't go any lower really, even unless we lose by twenty goals. Uh, yeah, does Jack and Marcus get a game? That's what I want to know. Um, you know, if, if I mean, look, let's just say Jakimakis gets a game. Would you have him? Would you? I mean, do you give do you give Kyogo a rest, or do you play maybe a three five two or a four four two? 
What do you I think you I think you do give Kyogre a rest, yeah. Put him on the bench, you know, like yeah. Uh, I think he's just going to be jet lagged. I think you do that. Yeah, um, I, I think that's probably the best. I mean, we're saying that, and we don't we've never seen Jack and Marcus play, but you know, that's even that's if it's a risk, a Yeti, it? I'd even put a Yeti in and rests uh, Kyogre, and you know, if we're two 0 up after an hour, fine, whatever. You can either give Kyogre a stretch or just keep him on the bench. You know, no pressure. Um, but yeah, Turnbull starts obviously. He's raring to go. McCarthy maybe. Uh, yeah, who else? Mm, McGregor should be okay. Yeah, I'd say most people should be ready to go. They've not done too much in the international break. The only ones that have really put a lot of minutes in was Near Biton and. Would be playing in for a game like this though. We really would, probably wouldn't, would we? So I guess the ones that drop out are. Beton and Rogic, uh, the ones that have played the most international minutes anyway. We also have um, a fair few injuries coming back. Um, yeah, they're not going to come back this weekend though. Do you not think they'd come back this weekend? No. Nah. Uh, maybe on the bench, but they're certainly not going to crack starting 11. So we have um, the long-anticipated return of Julian coming up soon. Um, Forrest should be back in, who else was it? I think Mickey, uh, Mikey Johnson. Yep, and who's probably not going to start, but uh, there's another one. Uh, I said it start as well, I forgot again. Um, Juranovic, Juranovic, that's right, Juranovic. And he's probably, I mean, he might come straight back in, yeah, he could actually, yeah, yeah. If I mean, if Taylor's still not, um, if Taylor's still not fit, then he probably might, uh, he probably come in at sort of, um, the right back position, left back position. And then have Ralston on the other side. I mean, look, I yeah, I, I I would would I put Julian straight back in? Probably not. If he is fit and maybe playing for the last twenty minutes to get his match fitness back up, um, and that probably goes the same for Forrest as well. Um, but we really need to be winning this game, to be honest. Oh, every game is a must win right now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that we we not even draws is just draws is a loss. Yeah, we're too far behind. We need to we need to have a run. You know, we need to get into like a eight nine at least game winning run and you know two home games in the league coming up uh, or three home uh, oh wait we're away to motherwell why do i think we're at home we're at home to um george ferran varvosh also we're away to motherwell so that's about okay that changes the thinking okay maybe rogic does need to play then i don't know why i thought we're at home hmm. away to motherwell that's a tough one it is a tough one um, that's, that's, that's your standard one each game. Oh, I mean, there's been a couple of a couple of games we've played away to Motherwell where it's been really back and forth for the first 35 minutes, and then so it could just blown them away. So um, I'm thinking of like the five two games um, and the like. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope it's game. I hope it's something like that. I mean, I, I don't see us to that level at the moment, but um, we need to come out. We need to come out. We need to play well. Um, the, the, the way things are at the moment, it feels more like a, we go one nil down and then equalise late. That's the way it feels like to me. Like that, the one where it almost stopped the invincible run. I don't mm. remember that where we got the penalty. No, I don't remember that. But yeah, we can't we can't be doing stuff like that, unfortunately. Oh. And it puts um, look as much as we've discussed this at length before um, about this season being more of a of a growth and development season. It puts a lot of pressure on Postecoglou, which is you know. Um, I think I personally believe unfounded at this point, um, but it but it will. The media will jump on him, and and some of the you know the min- the minority of Celtic fans will be the same. Yeah, must win. <laughs> Definitely, 
and um, Maros, yes. yeah um if we have any hope of progressing from the group that's obviously a must win but i'm not really i don't know i'm, I'm kind of taking it as one game at a time rather than like leverkusen and betis are both on six points each uh if if we we basically need to take six points off Ferenc Varos if we want to go through or have a chance of going through and I don't know yeah. can, you see, can you see us getting three points never mind six nah not at this point I really don't see it happening I mean look we've we um, I think we played well against uh, Real Betis even though we got beat and um, I think the Leverkusen game probably flattered them quite a lot with the result. I think there were times that we were dominating well. So there's there's been flashes in both of those games that you could see um, back to the old Celtic strength and stuff. Um, but it's just not consistent enough over 90 minutes. So I think it's going to be a tough one. But we really... Look, I think I think for the Europa League, I think we're all probably saying it's just good to be in the group stages, but we're not we're not getting through it this year. Um, so, yeah. And we probably won't have... We won't have Europe. I, I mean, my, my personal opinion, we have... Um, European football after Christmas. I don't, just don't think don't think it's happening. Um, but I'd like to see us get as many points as we can out of that. To be honest, maybe I don't know. Ending on five or six points would be good. Yeah, get a couple of win bonuses. Keep the coefficient up. Yeah, exactly that that type of stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. That sort of wraps us up. To be honest, I think that's probably yeah. unless there's anything else you want to add. No, I didn't think we'd get to an hour and. I- week with no games but yeah, yeah we managed to drag it out a bit which is yeah. good um so yeah uh i guess we'll just go off all our um, social media stuff um if you'd like to participate or comment on any of the posts or um, episodes we've got groups on facebook instagram twitter we've got a youtube channel that's starting up please subscribe to that if you enjoy listening to this that would help us a lot um we have our website celticdownunder.com um, which has articles, I think, at this point, almost a day, every day at the moment. Um, well, we're definitely getting there. That's a growing medium for us. And we have a couple of merchandise things as well on the Facebook group and, and also the website if you wanted to check that out. Um, so, yeah, that leaves us um, to the end. Just our final thoughts, Sean. Yeah. Um, my final thought is Clive Palmer can fuck off. Uh, if you're from WA, you'll understand that one. Yeah. Yes. I, I know this is a final thought, but uh, for those that don't know Clive Palmer, he's the lunatic who's building Titanic 2. Is that what he's doing? Well, he's also taking the WA to court for various things and try to open our borders up and stuff like that. Is he? Yeah. Well, he can fuck off. <laughs> um, my final thought, and this is for all the musos out there, that uh, Greta Van Fleet are just the TikTok version of Led Zeppelin. I don't understand that riff. <laughs> I'll leave it there because that is a final thought. <laughs> check check, check uh, Greta Van Fleet out on Spotify and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> I don't have Spotify. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> Do they exist elsewhere? Uh, yeah, YouTube and stuff. They're quite big. But... Okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that leaves us to it. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. And hell, hell. Hell, hell. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
the laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.